All right. Uh, as you can see, that was our Indonesia mission trip video. Um, this past summer, five teams went out to five different countries to really minister and uh, uh, and give out the, the kingdom of God. And we saw, you know, Indonesia was one of the trips that we've had this year where God really showed up in power and God really showed up supernaturally. And the t- testimonies that are that are that are there um, that came out of Indonesia is it's pretty amazing. And like even when I was hearing it, Pastor Myungwa, she's the one that was uh, kind of talking uh, a few times. When she was here and she was telling us these stories, I was like, man, it was hard. It's, it's like for, even for me, it was like for a second, I was like, it was kind of hard for me to believe because it was so amazing. But you guys got to know that that is a God. That is our God. Our God is a supernatural God. He's a God that heals. He's a God that delivers. He's a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. And, man, we, we, and, and when we see testimonies like that, you know, faith rises up in us. Amen? Faith really rises up in us. Um, today, I'm going to be concluding our series on the nine core values of our church. You know, uh, we have nine core values. Um, these are the, the, the values that we feel really depict the DNA of our church. You know, and so if, if, one of the, if, if, if one of these nine core values are being uh, carried out in anything that we do, we know that we're doing something right. But if we're doing something and, and, and there's none of these nine core values involved, you know, maybe, maybe we're not doing something right. Maybe we, we're doing something out of our soul, selfish desires. But we really believe that these nine core values are what makes New Philly uh, New Philly, and so I'm going to read them out to you guys. I had the opportunity to say all nine this time, so it's going to, number one, when I say it, I want you guys to repeat after me, okay? Be extravagant in worship. Be extravagant in worship. Freedom is for everyone. Freedom is for everyone. Father, the fatherless. Father the fatherless. Be faithful in the small things. Be faithful in small things. Anointing flows from the top down. Anointing flows from the top down. Roll with the punches. Like we saw in Indonesia, supernatural is natural. Supernatural is natural. And last week I, I preached on contend for the kingdom. And the ninth core value of our church, uh, and it's one of my favorites, is dream big. Dream big. Everybody say, look to your neighbor and say, I, you got to dream big. You got to dream big. And the, and the passage that we're going to be looking at today is from Genesis 15. Verse 5 through 6. If you can turn your Bibles to Genesis 15, verses 5 through 6. If you guys, please bring your Bibles to church if you guys have them. If not, I think Mina selling some in the back. There's some Bibles you guys can purchase in the back. But please, it's good to always have your sword with you. It's always good to have your, your Bible with you when you come to church. And if you open your Bibles to Genesis 15, verses 5 through 6, we see uh, this is the, the story of Abraham and God. Uh, just declaring himself over Abraham and in his future. And let's read in verse 5. It says, And he brought him outside and said, Look toward the heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And I want you guys... To uh, kind of think back on your lives and, and ha- you know, how many of you guys have tried to count stars before? Raise your hand if you've, you've tried to count stars. I think many of us kind of looked up. Most of us grew up in the city and so, you know, we, it's easy to count stars. We're like, one, two. You know, like, I grew up in LA and it, man, there's no stars in LA. Like, there's, there's like celebrities. You see like Brad Pitt and like, you know, Angelina Jolie, but, you know, it's really hard to see a star. You got to go like outside of LA into like kind of like the canyon areas, into the 
into the places where it's kind of dark and you look up and you'll see some stars. But for many of us, we grew up in a place in the city. Did any of you guys grow up like in a rural area where you just saw a bunch of stars? Raise your hand. Where, where'd you grow up, Noel? Yeah. That's like mountain country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else grow up in an area that, where'd you, where'd you grow up, Trevor? Pennsylvania. Yeah. The, the Philly, Philly, you can't see stars in Philly, but in Pennsylvania, in like some parts of Pennsylvania, you know, it's like the Amish, and no electricity out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true, man. They, they no electricity. Now you look up, all you see is stars, you know. But most of us, we grew up in a place where, in the city where it's hard for us to see light, lights because of the city lights and the pollution, uh, it kind of diminishes the brightness of the stars. And so many times we look up, we'll see a star, and most likely it's going to be a satellite. I mean, it's like you're looking at like the 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 Camcot, the the what is it, the Comcast cable satellite, like <laughs> delivering your cable cable in, news into your into your house, but it's not a star, you know? It's like a big hunk of steel flying in the space. But um, yeah, I remember when I went to the Philippines for the for the first time, I went back in 2011, back in 2010. I went with uh, Pastor Lydia. We went on this trip, and we went to a part of the Philippines where there is no electricity. Let me tell you, man, it was in the bush bush. You know, it was like in the tribal lands of, Phil- in the, of the Philippines. And, man, it was just like at night, it was dark. And everybody slept at 6 o'clock because you couldn't see anything. All you could do is just sleep. You know, like there's no electricity. They can have a little fire, but it was just dark. And when you look up, you could just see like so many stars. It was just amazing. You, just, you know, if you wanted to count them, it would be impossible. It's innumerable. And as a matter of fact, scientists say that they can't actually count stars because it's innumerable. It's impossible to count the stars. You can have the most, the brightest, most powerful telescope out there trying to count every star, but as they, as the telescopes get more powerful, more power, there's more stars and more stars to count. I guess there's another star. It's just innumerable, and it's impossible to count the stars. You know, and and I want I want you guys to kind of look and see what Abraham was looking at when God told him to count the stars. Could you guys put? Can you put up the picture? Wow, it's it, it's too bright in here. <laughs> Kind of, is it, is it, can you see the other one? Yeah, something like that. And like, when you look up, and, and God's like, man, look up at the stars. Look up at the stars. I want you to look up. And this is what he was looking at. He was like, like, you know, just like stars upon stars. And God was saying, I want you to count those stars. And if you can count those stars, I want you to count those stars. And as he was looking up, God said, you know, so shall your offsprings be. Offspring be. And, and God was telling Abraham that he, would, that he had a plan and purpose for his life. And he was saying, I want you to dream. And I want you to dream big. Now, he could have just uh, carried out Abraham's life, you know, like step by step, revealed it to him. You know, like he reveals it to us. You know, he, every day, he's a little bit more of his life, a little bit more of his life. But God chose to reveal himself and reveal his future to Abraham in this way. Why do you think he did that? No, he did that because he wanted Abraham to dream big. That he, he, I believe that Abraham, God did this to Abraham because dreams are powerful. Dreams are very powerful. Dreams provide the momentum for us to reach our destinies. You know, revelation, you know, prophecy, leading of the Holy Spirit, they help us to get to our destiny step by step, you know, in our daily lives, but... It is our dreams that provide the momentum for us to reach our destinies. Despite this difficult obstacles, 
you know, opposition and attack, dreams provide the momentum. And we're able to reach our destinies by focusing and remaining true to our dreams. And this is why, why God revealed it to himself to Abraham in this way. Now God, and, and when, when, when God revealed this to Abraham, the reason why he picked the stars in the sky is because he wanted Abraham to dream big. He wanted him to look at something and be in awe and, and, and like, in, like, ah! <laughs> like, how do you expect me to count all these stars, you know? But in, in that imagery, God was able to implant a dream into Abraham's heart and into his spirit, a big dream, you know? And if we look at God, God works to nurture our dreams. He, he, he look, he's out to nurture your dreams. But Satan is out to destroy your dreams. And if we look at the life of J- Joseph, we see how, how God works to nurture and Satan works to destroy. But through a natural dream while he was sleeping, God reveals a very big dream to Joseph. You know, A dream that, that put him in a, a place of authority. A dream that put him in a place of influence. And where many will come in and pay respect to him and tribute to him. God gave him a big dream. And he even gave him this, this dream even in his immaturity as a young, as a young child, as a, as a little boy. Because God loves to nurture our dreams. And he loves, he loves it when, we're able to, when he's able to bring us into the realization of our dreams. And God was working to nurture Joseph's dream. But Satan was out to, to crush it, to snuff it out. To destroy it. So Satan uses the jealousy and the envy of his half-brothers. And he causes a murderous spirit to come upon his half-brothers. You know, and they're, and they're like, man, Joseph, you ain't all that. Man, you in that colorful coat. That, that weird-looking colorful coat. You ain't all that. You're, you might be you know, daddy's favorite, but you, know, you, you ain't that to us. You're, you're just a little conceited little kid. You have these dreams. Man, who do you think you are? And this, 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 this murderous spirit came upon his brothers and they wanted to kill him. And they were like, they wanted to, to beat him up and basically kill him. I'm talking about, and that's, that's, that's Satan. That's, the, that's, that's the, the heart of Satan towards our dreams. He wants to snuff out our dreams. He wants to take it out. Satan was out to murder. He didn't want Joseph to realize the full potential of his dreams. So he was out to do the one thing that he can do, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he was trying to kill Joseph's dream. But by the grace of God, he placed a different spirit upon the older brother. And instead of killing Joseph, they sold him off into slavery. So through the treacherous and devious means, Satan was, was out to, 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 to just destroy uh, 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 Joseph's dream. And some of you guys might be thinking, well, you know, is God's sovereignty? That he was, you know, this might have been the, the course of the plan, the course of action that God chose for Joseph's life. You know, like... Maybe God wanted him to be sold off into slavery and be, be do all these, all these bad things happen to him. And that might be true, but if you look at the pattern, and if you look at the pattern that Satan uses in, in the situation in Joseph's life, it has Satan's fingerprints all over it. I mean, what, what happens next? You know, Joseph, he, he goes to Potiphar's house, and all of a sudden, you know, God raises him up to be the, the highest servant, one of the, the, the guys with the highest uh, level of influence in Potiphar's house. And then Satan comes... And uses, you know, the sexual temptation to kind of uh, crush out his dreams. And when, when, when Joseph stands firm and says, you know what, I'm not going to fall to this temptation. Satan uses false accusations to put him in, in prison, to put him in the dungeon. 
know, and, and throughout this whole ordeal that Joseph goes through, you see Satan now to kill Joseph's dream. But you see God nurturing his dream. He goes, Joseph goes from the highest place of favor in Potiphar's house into the dungeon. And even in the dungeon, God is out to nurture his dream. And I want you guys to take a look, take a look at the events of, take a look at the events in your life. Don't credit the sovereignty of God to every bad thing that happens in your life. Now when you, you know, you gotta give credit to where, where credit is due. If you had something that happened to you which was a dream crusher that really killed your dream, it probably wasn't God. I mean, if, if something happened to you and your dream of, of, of being this or your dream of doing that was kind of snuffed out, don't accredit that to God. I mean, oh, maybe God didn't want me to do this. No. But give credit where credit is due. And, you know, most likely it was Satan trying to crush out your, crush your dreams. Now, even if you have poor character, God is still nurturing your dreams. Amen. He, he's, he's out to, to, to always strengthen you, always to nurture your dreams. He doesn't give up on your dreams. You know, when I was young, I had a dream of being greatly used by God. And I, was a, I got a Christian. I became a Christian when I, was, when, I was, when I was in my high school days. And I had this passion in my heart. I wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to be a missionary. I wanted to, be, I wanted to go on missions. I remember I went to Mexico and was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And I saw all these YWAM, like, like college kids over there. And I was like, man, this, 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 this looks like the kind of life that I want to li- lead. And I remember going to Biola. I went to a Christian university. I, I really wanted to be used by God in a powerful way. And today I stand before you as a campus pastor. Yes. You know, giving you the word of God. But it wasn't always like this. I wasn't always this dashing, put together, put together good-looking kind of guy. You know, I went through some stuff. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I had a few detours in my life where I, I messed up a bunch of times. You know, I did, I did a lot of drugs. I went to prison and all that. But throughout all the twists and pitfalls of the past decade of my life, God never stopped nurturing my dreams. He never gave up on my dreams. Now God, God wasn't like, man, you don't have enough maturity in your life. You don't have enough character. So I'm going to give you all these bad things to happen to your life so you can learn this lesson, get some character. And maybe we'll talk about your dreams you know, when, you, when, you, when you develop your character a little bit more. He's not like that. Now God, that's not God's character it's bad theology to think that God acts in ways to delay or crush the dreams of his people, the passions of his people through the bad events that, that, come, that come to your life. That's not God. God nurtures. Satan is out to destroy. And, you know, when I look at my troubled past, I don't accredit God to the drug use and the prison time and the deportation that brought me to Korea so that I can be a campus pastor in Busan. That's not how I think, you know. I don't think like, oh, man, God, you know, like you, you put me in prison and you kicked me out of America so that one day I could be a campus pastor. Man, that's not how I think. But what I see is that despite Satan's attempt to destroy my dreams, to stuff out my dreams, God never stopped working to nurture my dreams. So out of his grace and love for me, God redeemed the bad things in my past and brought me into the realization of my dreams. That is God's heart for you. That's, that's, God, that's God working in the life of his people. 
But then a lot of times we look at the bad things and sometimes we say like, man, God. You know, and we get like, oh, God, I guess this is your, my lot in life. I guess this is what you gave me. I guess I'm supposed to be this way all my life. Do you know what caused Joseph to stay positive and optimistic after he got sold into slavery? It was his dreams. What kept him optimistic and kept him from giving up his hope when he was put in the dungeon? It was his dreams. Like I said, dreams provide the momentum for you to realize your destinies. And what Satan knows is that that he can, if he can crush your dreams, you know, he can crush your calling. That's what he knows. He knows that if he can crush your dreams now, when it's still a dream, he can crush the realization of your dreams. He's scared of you. He is. Now he's scared of you reaching your full potential. You know? He's, he's deathly scared, scared of Michaela over there. You know? Little Michaela, I don't know what she's doing. She's writing something. But she's dead. Satan is deathly afraid of what she could become. I mean, the, the full calling that's on her life, Satan is scared. He's not scared of her now, but he's scared of her years from now. It went, the day when she really realizes and comes, the dreams of her heart come to fruition. Satan is deathly afraid of that. And so Satan always tries to kill in infancy what he cannot defeat in adulthood. He did this with Moses. You know, try to kill him when he was a baby. And then when, when he couldn't do that, try to, try to like, you know, like you know, mess him up by having him like, you know, kill that Egyptian dude. He did this with Jesus. You know what I mean? He, he, he tried to kill in infancy what he cannot destroy in, adult, in adulthood. The dreams provide the momentum for us to reach our destinies. And dreams are very important. It's what keeps you from giving up through the hard times. It says that Abraham believed the Lord and God, and God accounted it to him as righteousness. God, Abraham believed the Lord and God accounted it to him as righteousness. In other words, Abraham had faith in the dreams that God gave him. He had faith in the dream that he, he showed. As he showed him the stars, he had faith in God, knowing that God was going was to bring that into his life. Faith in your dreams is very important. You can't just dream, but you need to have faith, knowing that God will bring you into those dreams. Now, if you look at Martin Luther King Jr., he was a great man. Now, for those of us that grew up in America, we have, you know, Martin Luther King Day. I think it's in February. And and, in most major cities, you have Martin Luther King Boulevard. We have one in L.A. I I think they have one in New York as well. He was a great man. He, He was a leader in the civil rights movement in America. But if you look at his life, man, he, he went through some stuff. You know, he, I did some research, and, he, and his wife says that he went, to, he went to jail. He was put in prison 29 times in his life. And it wasn't because he stole something or, you know, he tried to, tried to rob. No, nah, it was for standing up for what he believed in. He was jailed 29 times. He had multiple death threats on his life, multiple assassination attempts. You know, hate mail, people hating on him. And despite all the opposition and the hatred, what caused him to continue to go after and not give up on what he was fighting for was not just the fact that he had a dream, but he had faith in his dream. He had a dream. It wasn't just a, faith, a famous speech that he said in the steps of the, uh, the Washington Monument, but it was, it was something that, he was, that was alive inside of him. 
He had a dream, and, he, and it, was, it was more than just a belief. He had faith. And it motivated him. When he was leading those peaceful protests and marches through the streets, and, and policemen were, were trying to shoot, spray him down with those uh, fire hoses and beat him with batons, he went through all that knowing that he had faith in, in what he believed in. He had faith in, in his dreams. And his faith in his dreams did not waver, and it kept them going even stronger. You know, as a matter of fact, Martin Luther King's dream was, wasn't realized in his lifetime. It, couldn't be, it was so big that it couldn't be fulfilled in his lifetime. And so, you know, even after he was assassinated, his dream kept going. It kept going, kept growing in the, in the hearts and the minds of the people that he inspired. And if you look at America today, and yeah, there's racism. But you know what? To, a, to, to most degrees, Martin Luther King's dream was realized. And we see no you know, segregated schools. We don't see you know, like bathrooms for white people and bathrooms for, for black people or Asian people. I mean, we, see the, we see the fruit of of the dream that he had. And he had a big dream. If you look at America, what it was like back in the 60s, man, it was, it was like an impro- impossible, like a barrier that was there. I mean, it was, it's almost like North and South Korea. For us, we, we think about North Korea, and we're like, man, that like, seems like impossible. That's what it was like for Martin Luther King. It was a dream, and it was a big dream. But he did not relent, and he kept going. And he saw, he didn't see it in his lifetime, but through the hopes and dreams that he had, and through the faith that he had in his dream, his dream was realized. And we see the benefit of it today. And those, and those are the God-sized dreams that he, God wants us to dream. You know, although God deals and relates to us as individuals, you know, he goes and he deals with us in, in families. He deals with us in tribes of people. He deals with us in, as cities. He deals with us as nations, as generations upon generations. You know, Martin Luther King, he knew this. He knew that, you know, his dream, if he dreamt big enough, and if he reached for those goals high enough, that his dreams would be fulfilled. And God wants us to dream those big dreams, those God-sized dreams in our lives. You know, it's also happening with Apostle Paul. If you look at Apostle Paul, man, he had a dream. He had a dream too. And, and, and he, he, you know, he, he was like one of those, he was like the energizer, but he just kept going and going and going. He got beat. He got shipwrecked. You know, people persecuted him. You know, they, they put him in prison naked. Like naked. They put you in prison naked. You don't get no clothes. I mean, and and despite all this, he, he kept on going because he had a dream. And one time he was stoned to death. Like they thought he was dead. Like, oh, we got him. Let's move on. And then, like a minute later he get up and he starts walking away. Like, man, I'm still alive. I'm going to go and preach the gospel some more. I mean, he had a dream. And, and, and in that dream, you know, he knew that, that, that God would carry him through. He knew. He had no doubt that, that if, if he dreamt, and dream that he had affects every single one of you guys today. Unless you're a Jew in here, it affects every single one of you guys today. Because the dream that he had was to bring the gospel to the, to the Gentiles. Now, the dream that God placed upon his heart was to have everyone believe in the gospel. 
And if it wasn't for Paul and his dreams, man, we'd all be Buddhist. Most of us. If you have, if you have, if you're Asian in here, you'd probably be Buddhist, or or Shintoism, or it's one of those things. No, but it's because of the dream that God placed on Paul's heart, that big dream to see the gospel going out to the to the Gentiles and to the generations upon generations to come, because that's how God thinks. And God showed him, and he, he, we see the fulfillment of that dream in our lifetime. Dreams give us the momentum for us to fulfill our destiny. You know, but some of you guys might be saying, well, you know, God gives these big dreams to Joseph, you know, to, to Paul, and to like, you know, Martin Luther King, but, you know, but those are the, the great people in, in, in that, in, of history. But what about me? You know, am I supposed to dream these big dreams? Maybe God just wants me to live a humble life, you know, just be modest, live a modest life. You know, live my life quietly and die and go to heaven and see Jesus. Or maybe that's my lot in life. And am I supposed to dream big? And I want and the answer to that comes in First Corinthians two nine through ten. I want you guys to turn your Bible. First Corinthians two nine through ten. You know, and before I go on, I want you guys I want to point out that if the version, the version of you dreaming big is the American dream, financial security, you know, being having a house, two, getting married, two cars, a dog. If that's your dream, man, you need to dream bigger. You know what I'm talking about? If if all if your dream is financial security, that's a myth. Financial security is a myth. If you think that you know, if you could save up all your money and be secure. That's a myth. You're putting your, your, you're putting your faith in the wrong things. And it says in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything will be added unto you. you know, but I'm not saying don't save your money. You guys have got to save your money. <laughs> but you know, if, you're, if you're, all of your faith is in money, and if your dream is to be financially secure with this much money in my bank account, owning this house with these cars, that's your dream, man. You need to dream bigger. You're just playing with little little toys. But I want you guys to turn to 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 through 10. In verse 9 it says, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The Bible is saying, man, no one has seen or heard or even imagined the things that God has for His people. What God is planning for His people. That's a good thing, amen? That's a, that's a good thought. That's a good truth. But some people are like, well, you know, those things are just so, so great and big, you know. I can't even imagine them. Maybe I shouldn't even try for these things. But when we continue on into verse 10, it says that, that these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. That means all these dreams and plans and all these amazing things that God has prepared for us is revealed to us by His Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit is in you, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is whispering into your ear these amazing plans that God has for you. 
And in your ignorance, you just think that this is your selfish ambition. But you need to identify between the flesh and your mind and the Spirit of God. It says in verse 10, it goes on, that these things God revealed to us through His Spirit. If you keep reading, it says, For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And it says in verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of who, of, of who is God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. God not only reveals it to you, but He gives you the Spirit so that, that you must understand the dreams that He's placed upon your heart. The Holy Spirit brings you into the understanding of your dreams. Yes, no eye has seen, no ear heard, no mind imagined the plans that He has for us. Yes, it's saying the plans of God are very big. But it's a, it's a preface to the fact that you have a responsibility to know the plans that He has placed upon your heart. And it comes through the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. It comes from the whispering, the words of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that dwells in you, reveals the plans, the God-sized plans that He has for your life. I want you to turn to Ephesians 4.1. Should I dream big? Does God want me to dream big? Maybe I should live a modest life. Maybe I should just be humble. Well, let's look at Ephesians 4.1. It says, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. I'm going to read that to you again. Therefore, a prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. The Bible is telling us to live in a manner worthy of your calling. It tells us to live a big dream, live with big dreams in our lives. With a calling that God has placed upon you. You know, it, it requires no faith for you ha- for you to have itty bitty dreams. You know, if your dream is to just get married, that dream is too small. You no, know, when I remember when I came to Korea, that was, you know, and even that, I, I thought it was a big dream. Like, man, nobody wants to marry me. I ain't never gonna get married, man. And like, I couldn't even dream of getting married. But then God revealed to me so much more. He realized that 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 is a itty bitty dream. And I didn't need God to fulfill those itty-bitty dreams. I could do that on my own. But when you reach for the things of God, when you reach for the big things of God, and you need faith in God to fulfill it, those are the types of dreams that God is talking about. The Word of God challenges us to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Live your life with big dreams. No one in heaven is impressed with your modesty. I'm just glad I have Jesus. I'm just glad that, you know, I, I could just, you know, have salvation in my life and you know, live, a, live a righteous life and, you know, eventually die and go to heaven. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody in heaven, no angels are impressed with your modesty and your, with your, with your humility. Yeah, yeah, modesty and humility are virtues in your life that you need to, to, to have. But when it comes to the things, of, the faith reaching things of God, nobody's impressed with your modesty. But God challenges us for more. To go from glory to glory. And the glory of the latter house will be greater than the first. Which means that the, the purposes that God had for the, the generation, for Paul's generation, is our generation, the purposes of our generation is greater. 
We have to understand the times. We have to know where we stand. We have privileges, and those privileges give us access to bigger dreams. But for many Christians, these, these privileges and access, you know, it's just being, it's being handed to us, and we never seize these opportunities. You know, we never go through those open doors. We never take it. In the name of religion, in the name of modesty, in the name of living a humble life, we forfeit those dreams. Heaven is not impressed by that attitude. Modesty and humility is great. You all need to have it when dealing you know, w- with your pride. But when God wants you to reach th- for those things, you know, that modesty is actually your insecurities. The modesty that you're, you're, you're holding on to is actually your fears. It's the doubt that you have that, that God can't bring you into these things. And so you claim modesty. I'm just modest, God. You know, you made me modest. What can I do? You know what I mean? But man, no one in heaven is impressed with that. But God wants you to dream big. He wants you to reach for the stars. He wants you to, to count those stars and know that it's going to happen. I want you to go back a few verses in Ephesians to Ephesians 3.20. Just flip one page back and in Ephesians 3.20 it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. And then NIV says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Our God is the God of immeasurably more. God is the God of far more abundantly. So should I dream big? Yes. God wants you to dream big. He wants you to have those God-sized dreams in your life. He wants you to reach for the big things of God that He's placed into your heart. And for you to, to fall upon modesty is insecurity. It's a lack of faith in God. It's your fears. It's that if I try, I'll fail attitude. And so you never try in the first place. It's It's falling back on practicality and, and being logical. But God doesn't give you logical dreams. He gives you illogical dreams. Those dreams are like, what? You want me to do what? You're going to do what in my life? I'm going to have that. What? You know, That's what God wants you to do. Those are the types of dreams that God has for you. you know, he wants you to have dreams where you need God to fulfill them. You need God in every area of that dream. Every part of that dream, you need God for you to fulfill it. You know, and God, if I, you know, you're like telling God, God, if, you know, I have this dream, and if you don't show up, you know, if you don't come, and if you're not helping me in this, man, I'm going I'm to fall on my face. I'm going to be a big idiot. You know, I, I, everyone going to think I'm a fool. But you know what? I have faith in you, God, and I'm going to trust in you. Every step and every, every area and every part of this dream, I'm going to trust in you for you to help me fulfill this dream. And, and, and in order to do that, I need to be close with you. You know, I need to be intimate with you. I need to know your heart. I need to know what you're thinking. And through that intimacy, I know that I'm going to be able to fulfill these big dreams that you place in my heart. Because without you, I'm going to fail. But with you, man, nothing can stop me. The size of your dream should be so big that if you try to attempt to do it without God, you're going to fail. You're going to look like a fool. But with the help of God, nothing can stop you. Yes, you should dream big. And, and some of you guys might be asking, how do I identify these dreams in my heart? 
know, how do I identify these God-given dreams that God has placed upon my heart? You know, like when I was young, I wanted to be many things. I had many dreams. I wanted to be a fireman. You know, I wanted to, 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 to put out fires at homes and in office buildings. And I realized later on that you need to be tall and buff, of which I, I, didn't, I didn't have the, I, yeah, I wasn't tall. I wasn't very buff. And so later on, I wanted to be a professional surfer. You know, I grew up in California, and I was like, man, I'm going to be a surfer. But I realized I wasn't that good. And no matter how hard I tried, you know, I would never be a professional surfer. But what about, those are just dreams that you guys, you know, you're dreams. You know, you have those kind of silly, soulish dreams. But what, how do you, how do you separate those from the true God-given dreams that he's placed upon your life? And how do I, how do you identify these dreams? And I'm going to give you two clues in how you can identify these, these gift, uh, these uh, dreams in your life. The first clue is giftings. Your natural giftings. Whatever supernatural anointing that you received, the giftings in your life will point you into the direction of the dreams that God has for you. No, if you look at Tiger Woods, now he is a gifted golfer. And you're not gonna, when Tiger Woods, you're not gonna see him trying to play basketball or trying to join the NFL. He's gonna pick up that golf club and he's gonna hit those golf balls and he's gonna make a billion dollars doing it. But he's gifted. No, I want you guys to see a video. This is a video. Of Tiger Woods. There was a show a long time ago called that. If you're old enough, you know that's incredible. Who knows the show that's incredible from a long time ago? Novo. My gal. Wow, you know. There was a show called that's incredible. And then they would come out at Fran Tarkenton and the dude from Battlestar, the Galactica and some girl. They would come out and they would like talk to you about like, it's like a variety show and they would show you like amazing, super, like crazy things that people are able to do. Like incredible things that would happen and they would kind of show you these things and like, 30-minute uh, minute show. And I, I grew up with this show, and I remember... See, I actually remember seeing this clip. It's a clip of Tiger Woods when he was five years old. I just want to show you guys real quick. This is Eldrick Tiger Woods, and Eldrick is an accomplished golfer. He wins tournaments on a regular basis and has shot close to par on 18-hole courses. Incredibly, Tiger here is only five years old. On the team, we have the 9 o'clock starting group, the youngest contestant ever. He's five years old, Eldrick Tiger Woods. On a golf course, Tiger has the kind of poise and confidence that would be the envy of most golfers ten times his age. And you look at that video, and yeah, you know, his dad, I forget what his name was, but he probably kind of pushed him at a young age. But there was a video when he was two years old. He comes out on this sports show. He's two years old, and he's hitting golf balls. And, and you, have, you have to have a gift. You, know, you have to have a gift to be able to do that at, at such a young age. And, you know, Tiger Woods, man, he, he was gifted. He was gifted in, in golf. And, you know, as he... As he grew up, his gifting pointed and gave clues to his destiny in life. Now, I can have a dream to play for the L.A. Dodgers. Those that don't know, it's a baseball team from Los Angeles. And I've got a, I got a dream, and I could practice every day. And even though, you know, I actually, even though I spend hours practicing baseball, I'm not going to be able to play for the major leagues. I'm not going to be able to play for the Dodgers. Why? Because I'm not gifted in hitting moving objects. With anything. That's, it's not something that I'm gifted in. 
my wife knows this. She's so much better than me at like batting cages and tennis and badminton. Cause I, I can't hit moving objects. No, I don't have that gift. I mean, but Tiger Woods, he had a, he, it was gifted. He was gifted at golf. You know, it's, it's our giftings, our giftings that God gave us points and it gives us clues to, to the dreams that he placed upon our hearts. Now you look at Michael Jackson. Who knows, you know, y'all know Michael Jackson? Pop star sensation. One of the most famous people that ever lived. I mean, they compared him to Elvis because he's like the Elvis of not your generation, but like my generation. You know what I mean? He was a, he was famous. And you know, if you look at it, the story of, of Michael Jackson, you know, there was five of them. It was called Jackson Five. He had, he had, he had, he had four brothers. He had, uh, uh, Jackie, Tito, Marlon, Jermaine, and it was Michael. But none of y'all know Marlon Jackson? No, you guys never heard Jermaine Jackson really sing? No, they weren't gifted. But Michael, he was gifted. I mean, and, and though his dad pushed all five of them into the entertainment business, only one of them really succeeded. Because you know what? He had a dream. And that dream, he realized it by following the giftings in his life. Homie was gifted. Man, if you look at his songs from the 80s, he, he was, you look at the videos, man, he was such an amazing performer. The, the giftings gives us the clues to the dreams that we should pursue. You know, and some of you guys are saying, well, you know what, I'm not gifted. No. Pastor Caleb gifted, but I'm not gifted. <laughs> I want you guys to know every single one of you guys are gifted. Every single one of you guys is gifted. You guys all have a gift. If you think that you guys don't have a gift, that's a lie of the enemy. You know? That's a lie of the enemy. And, you, and some of you guys have hidden gifts that you guys don't even know about. But you know what? One day they're going to come out. You know, when you meet the right people, when you attempt to do certain things, when you step out in faith, when you go and reach for certain things, your giftings are going to start coming out. Your hidden giftings. But every single one of you guys, I want you guys to know it. You guys have all have giftings. You know, and, and you know, all these examples that I'm giving you that are of famous people and celebrities, but before these famous people actually became famous, they were just nobodies just like you. They're just regular people like you and me. And they got famous by pursuing their dreams. You know what I mean? They, they got there with hard work and sacrifice. And not giving up. Sorry about that. You guys are all special. You know, and, th- and these, th- though they might be secular celebrities, the church can learn a lot from them. You know, they were all in positions of influence, and they got there by pursuing their dreams. And the way they got clued into their dreams was through their giftings. So the first way that you can you can realize and, and understand your giftings, your your the dreams of your life is through gifts. And the second way that you're gonna you're gonna understand the giftings of your life is through your passions. passions that God places in your heart. What are you passionate about? What, what do you like to do? What gets you excited? What do you enjoy doing consistently over and over and over again? Because passions, it shows you and it points you into the directions of your dreams. You know, some of you guys have a passion for fashion. You guys love fashion. Some of you guys have a passion for, for law, you know, for politics, for justice. 
No, me, I have a passion for cooking. I like making food. And, and I, I enjoy it. I do. I really do. And, and I'm gifted in it. I, I have never made anything that tasted bad. I'm telling you. You might think that I'm being conceited, but I'm not. You know what I mean? These, these passions in your life points to the dreams that you, that you should be pursuing. And a lot of religious Christian Christianity will tell you it's all about self-denial. I have a dream to pursue in acting in, in a career, acting career in Hollywood. And they'll be like, oh, no, young man. You can't do that. You can't go to Hollywood. There's only pagans and heathens there. I mean, you'll ruin yourself. Just take those passions and go and make a nice religious film. You know? <laughs> the, the Left Behind series. You know, that's, that's really, that's actually what the church has been doing for ages to the creativity that comes from the church. They want to stifle it because it's not in line with their calling. They're going to diminish it. And they're going to say, oh, that's, that's not right. What, you want to be a backup dancer to, to, to Tupac? What are you talking about? You, that, that's, but then up till now, that's the religious mind. The religious spirit has been doing that to all the creativity that's been coming out of the church. Now Martin Luther, the, not Martin Luther King, but the Martin Luther, the reformer, taught that there is no difference between sac- sacred and secular call. Whether you are called to the pulpit or you're called to carpentry, there is no difference. Both calls are sacred before God because every calling comes from God. And when God calls people, He doesn't call people just into full-time ministry. You know, some, some Christians associate the word calling with full-time ministry. They're like, oh yeah, I got my calling when I was 15. I knew I was going to be a pastor. But you know what? Yeah, God calls people into full-time ministry. But He also calls people into the entertainment business. He also calls people into politics. He needs people in the entertainment business. He needs people in politics. He needs people to be electricians. He needs people to be chefs. He needs people to be, to be uh, uh, hair salonists. He needs, he needs his people. He needs spirit-filled people into every area, every, 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 every study, anything that, that's out there. He needs his people to be in it. You know, whether you're a doctor, engineer, teacher, electrician, actor, actress, director, you, God needs his people to take down those mountains. He needs people in every area of study. And that, cause that's how the kingdom comes. The kingdom's gonna come through that. From us taking down the, the mountains of this world. But for a lot of the church, we forfeit all these spheres of influence because we think that our job is to just support the church, give money to missions evangelism, and we give up on these dreams. Now if you look at Kirk Cameron, who, how many of you guys know Kirk Cameron? Now, he's a, he's a great guy. You know, he grew up, he was a, he was a famous guy in the 80s, starred in Growing Pains. One of my favorite shows. But he was also a devout Christian. You know, and he ended up ending his secular career in, in, in TV and movies. And he went and started making Christian movies. You know, he went towards just making Christian stuff. You know, like the, like the Left Behind series. <laughs> but what if he stayed true to his dream of making it in Hollywood? And although his acting talents might not have made him really big, but he used his sphere of influence to change the people around him. For example, Leonardo DiCaprio, which he was, he was a, on that show Growing Pains. You guys don't know, but Leonardo DiCaprio was on the show Growing Pains later on in that series. And if he, if Kirk Cameron used his sphere of influence to influence Leonardo's life, imagine what could have happened. Imagine if he would have stayed in the, in the acting business in, in Hollywood and impacted people around him for the kingdom of God. 
man, it, so many good things, so many kingdom things could have come out from, from him just staying true to his calling. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to dog on Kerr Cameron. He's a great guy, you know, but I really believe in my heart that if he would have stayed true to, to the dreams that God gave him in, 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 in the movie business, in, in entertainment business, he would have had a lot more influence. He would have had a lot more uh, just uh, kingdom things you know, come out from his life. The opposite of Kirk Cameron, if you look at Denzel Washington, and that's, that's like the opposite story of Denzel Washington. At a young age, Denzel, he got prophesied over at a, at a Pentecostal spirit-filled church, said that, man, Denzel, you're going to make movies, and you're going to make millions of dollars from, with these movies, and you're going to be in a place of influence in Hollywood. He got this prophetic word. And he, he holds on to that prophetic word. You guys don't know, but Pastor Christian says this all the time. Denzel Washington is a tongue-talking, spirit-filled Christian. Man, that guy, he, he thinks that he should be better suited being a pastor. But you know, he knows the calling that God placed over his life. And he's staying true to that calling. And he's making movies that impact this world. And if you never, if you notice every movie that, that, that Denzel makes, man, you come out of there feeling like, like you've, in a, in a little way, experienced God in a way. You do. You ne- he never makes like frivolous movies. He doesn't ever make Soul Plane. I mean, he's not gonna make like you know, you know like like Big Mama House. Man, he because he has a calling on his life, man. He has a calling on his life, and he knows that with the influence that he has, he can make an impact for the kingdom of God. I mean, it's a prophetic word that's on his life. The religious spirit will always tell you, what are you doing? That's not godly. That's not humble. But spirit of God doesn't talk in that way. Spirit of God says, you can do it. He nurtures our dreams. Spirit of God says that, you know, that's a good dream. That big dream that you have, I like that. That dream of making it in Hollywood, the dream of becoming the, less, the next Louis Vuitton, you know? Louis Vuitton? The dream of uh, being that the next Iron Chef or the next the contestant in, in uh, the, the next winner of American Idol, God loves those dreams. He wants to foster. He wants to nurture those dreams. And I believe in our church, we have the next CEO, the next Steve Jobs. I believe that we the, the next Denzel is within is in our church. You know the the next fashion designer, the next Ron High. Reinhard Bonnke and Catherine Coleman, you know, the people with anointings that, that bring millions of people to Christ. Millions. You know, the, the, we have the anointing and we have, and we're dreaming for big things. And God loves those big dreams. You know, those dreams to end human trafficking in our lifetime. Those dreams to see North Korea, you know, be free. Brothers and sisters, let us have big dreams. Let us dream big. You know, let us have dreams where without the assistance of God, without the help of God, we would fall on our face. But with the help of God, we can accomplish all things and glorify His name. You know, our church, we have big dreams. And, you know, this service right here is a fulfillment of that big dream. And we have a dream to plant churches all around the world. I mean, and I remember after Itaewon, we were dreaming like, what about this place? What about that place? What about Busan? And everything just kind of, ding! Everything clicked. And, and you know what? It started out in a few people, 
But it, that dream spread through 10 members that, that moved down here. And that, that dream continues on in your hearts. I mean, this, this side, like 35, 40 of us, this is not the dream of Seaside. I mean, if you guys really know the dream of Seaside, we're supposed to be in the thousands. And that's the dream that we have for this church. Our church, we have big dreams. You know? And, and, and like I said, in, in seeing North Korea fall, North, the, the regime in North Korea fall and bringing reunification to North and South Korea, that is a dream that we have. That's a big dream. We contend for that dream. And we have dreams to see like the human, human tra- trafficking end in our lifetime. That's, these are big dreams. And God, when He sees these dreams, He knows that we can't do it without Him. He knows it. And He's like, ah, oh, look at Look at silly Caleb. He thinks that he could pastor a church of thousands by himself. No, he's not like that. He's like, oh, look at Caleb. You know, he has these big dreams, but I want to nurture it. You know, he, he has his dream and he's reaching up for me. He wants me to help him. That's the heart of God. And he, he wants that in every single one of you guys. He wants us to have a big dreams, to have big vision. He likes it. He likes that. Now, and there's a quote I found. It says, God delights to do impossible things through improbable people to impart exceeding grace to undeserving recipients. He delights to do impossible things through improbable people. Man, I am an improbable person. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you saw what I, what I was doing eight years ago, you would be like, man, you are. What are you doing? You ain't never going to be a pastor. But God... You know, God delights in me reaching for this. God delights in me. You know, I want to start a restaurant. I mean, I want to start a restaurant. I don't want it to be just like a one restaurant. I want to be like Denny's. I want to be big. I mean, I want, to, I, want to, I want my restaurants to have influence. You know, go all around the world, be franchised. I can't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own resources. I don't have that much money. You know, but God does. And, and God, when he sees us having these dreams, he doesn't want to just squash it like a bug. You know? He doesn't want to laugh at us and say, ha ha, you silly idiot. <laughs> no. Nah. When he sees us dreaming big, he's like, man, I love it. I want to I sow into to AJ's dream of being a rap star. <laughs> I want to sow into, you know, the DeWitt's dream of, of, of being the next K-pop sensation. You know? I want in the, in the Trevor's dream of being a professional skateboarder, you know? noble of winning the strongest man competition. <laughs> now, he, these dreams that we have, you know, God loves it when it's big. He loves it when it's big. So I want to I want to ask you guys, and I want to tell you guys to dream big, and that is why it is is a, the ninth core value of our church. Because you know what, God loves it when you dream big. And God loves it when you reach for it. Not based on your own understanding or your own strength, but based on what God can do in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for the dreams that you've placed upon our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that, that you look at us and you want to nurture our dreams. And that these dreams that will ultimately motivate us and lead us into realizing the fullness of the destinies that you have for us, God. And I pray today... That in us, you will start stirring us up, Lord. Stirring us up. Stir us up to dream big. 
Stir us up to reach for the stars. Stir us up, Lord Father God, to go after the things of the kingdom that you want us to go after, Lord. The things in this world that you want us to take down. The things in the places in this world that you want us to reach, God. Help us to dream for those things, God. Help us to not have itty bitty dreams that require no faith, God. Lord, because, Lord, faith is the only thing that can please you, Lord. And Lord, we don't want to have those dreams. Lord, we don't want to have small dreams, God. But we want to dream big for you. We want to dream big for the kingdom of God. And so I declare that over every single person here. That the dreams that we dream will be big. So big. That without God, we can't fulfill them. But with you, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you give us. You are a good God. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.